0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. I'm Sam, joined here by Bobby. Bobby, my first question is, where's Matt? Do you know where Matt is? I heard he might have, like, the H1N1. Uh, he might be on the run. I don't know. Uh,
1: I don't really want to speculate very much, Sam, but it is troubling, to say the very least, of his, uh, the lack of information we have. Yeah, his so any,
0: any whereabouts on Matt, uh, please send him our way. Um, he didn't show up today. But you know who did show up on primetime when they most needed? The New York Giants. We're going to get into the Giants in a little bit. We'll start with them and definitely going to get into the Jets. Uh, A little bit of a short week for the Jets, so therefore a short week for us. Bobby's going to join me with that. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, we got two football teams that played arguably two of the biggest games of their seasons. And now one team is kind of scratching and clawing for wins and the other team kind of just needs to get a win or two here and there, and they'll be in. So where do you want to start? You want to start with the Giants? Talk about that nice Monday night performance or Sunday night performance?
1: Yeah, yeah, we can start with the Giants. Um, for about 45 minutes, I would say this was not too much of a compelling game, but that end really, it was really something. I find very hard to believe that you could watch that and say that Washington didn't get a little bit jobbed, At the end with the – especially – the one that bothered me the most was the Terry McLaurin play because to someone who may not like – who never was like around football like playing or anything, you know that a receiver – the first thing a receiver does is check with the official to see if they're on the line, see if they're good. And you can clearly see Terry McLaurin ask the official twice if he was good.
0: Yeah, it's it's something that – you know, it's all over TikTok. It's all over Twitter. You see, like, everyone's slowing it down. Uh, we saw uh, – I know you saw Peter Rosenberg's post and stuff about it, the, the face yep. of the Washington Commanders. Um, but, yeah, no, look, here's here's my take on it. And I'm sure, I think you'll agree because it's kind of just like a general statement. But I think, you know, the loser is always going to be the one complaining. Almost like, you know, when you go out to a restaurant, people aren't writing good reviews on the restaurant. They're going to write bad reviews on the restaurant. You know, it's the people that are going to complain are the ones that are the loudest. So do I think that that was a little, um, what was the word you said? They got job there a little bit. Yes, I do. Yeah. But like very well, like, I think you can dissect any game down to a fine powder and find calls that were missed either way. I mean, at the end of the day, these refs are human and until they're not human, which could be on the horizon, uh, they're going to make mistakes. So look for it to directly affect the game as much as it did. Yeah, it sucks. But not to be honest, if you if you look at that game, even like the last play, right, the last play of the game in the end zone, or the last like official commanders play, where uh, there was some I thought it was obvious pi, but like even if they get that play, they have to do that again. They got to score two, and then they got to win the game again. So like it was an uphill battle to begin, and like I get the complaining, but um I, just as an overall macro version of this game, uh, we spoke before. Uh, I said that I just don't think both either of these teams are really that good. Just to be honest, I think that both of these teams are mm-hmm. mid. Uh, they're in a tough division. You know, Giants now see themselves at eight five and one. Commanders at seven six and one. Like that's about like for the Commanders, that's like that's five hundred. That's pretty much average.
1: Yeah, and I tend to agree with you, Sam. I don't think either one of these teams are going to make much headway in an NFC where now you could say almost anything is up for grabs, especially with the Jalen Hurts injury.
0: Yeah, directly affects and both I these feel teams. It... And, and I think he's, directly. What was the official report there? I know he was he was like very doubtful for this upcoming game, but it was it just a one week thing? What did you see on that?
1: No, I think I, I the thing I saw. I don't know if that might maybe your report might be more up to date. I saw that he had a broken collarbone and he was out for the regular well, I, season because I
0: saw that he he was like like I guess getting like conflicting reports from different doctors and stuff because I believe someone I want to say mm. like uh, Tom Pelissero or something tweeted about. That he they thought it was a sprained shoulder, a sprained throwing shoulder, which obviously makes it a little bit worse. Um, But if you're the Eagles, and we're not going to get into the Eagles too deep, but just because it directly affects both of these teams, uh, if you're the Eagles, it's it's kind of like okay, like you'd rather Jalen hurts, like you know, go into the playoffs healthy than you know force force him to play some somewhat meaningless games, especially since you know the people behind you seem to be running in the mud. Now the Cowboys kind of lost as well. So the the NFC East is a a mess.
1: Yeah, the NFC East is really a mess. I think the Cowboys are like a very confusing team because they'll have weeks where we saw against the Jaguars this past week where they'll look completely average. And then they'll just have weeks where they run away and blow games wide open. So I think they're very confusing. Going and we'll talk playoffs. about
0: the Jaguars in a little bit. Short week for the Jets, and we're going to have to face them on Thursday. But let's stick to this game. Let's look at the Giants, right? Just looking at the box score, you know, I'm not really a box score kind of guy. I, I like to just watch the game and assess from there. But I think there's some, mm-hmm. some things that can be said, right? I had said a few weeks ago that I was curious why Daniel Jones wasn't running the ball more. Uh, I think he's like a straight line runner. Um, he's he's. I think players. I I don't know who the player was, but someone like a few weeks ago kind of said one of these talking heads said something like, "Yeah, if you make a wrong step, he'll embarrass you about Daniel Jones and his speed," which is true. And he gets ten rushing attempts for thirty-five yards, doesn't get into the end zone. Uh, eighteen for eighty-seven and a touchdown from Barkley. Bar- I thought Barkley played his best game in a couple weeks. He, he yes. was he was and looking then- like he was running. I guess uh, running in quicksand, I guess, is the way they say for a couple weeks there. I guess like skating by, but yeah, I thought he, I thought he looked well this game.
1: Yeah, you want to talk? I wanted to talk about Daniel Jones a little more. You say you want to don't like to like look at the box score, and I think like Daniel Jones is a perfect like representation of that. You like you see ten rushes for thirty five, and may not jump off the paper to you, but like there is some like key spots where he really just moves the chains and keeps drives alive. Where it can't be yeah it's
0: and he he comes off as that like those like those like third and two read options like sometimes I'd mm-hmm. rather get those than like you know those four those first and fifteen scrambles where you get you know the five yards back you know what I mean it's so in the yeah. numbers yeah it look like he got five yards in that one rush but how really meaningful was that one rush just to get penalty yardage back so I'm not saying that that was exactly the case for Daniel Jones but you get the gist um and yeah. then again as always here we are. The Giants are what is it, week fifteen now, week sixteen? I don't even know what week it is. But Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Nick Vanette—who <laughs> you know the you know the Porzingis—and when you they drafted who?
1: <laughs> and when you say that, Sam, it's like you can't help but like give Jones credit just for that alone. Like his receiver room, like he he's like an uplifter. It's like a really th- ever since he was drafted, I feel like people were trying to make the comparisons to Eli. But I feel like it's really starting to jump out. Yeah, now.
0: he, he – uh, see, I, a, lot, a lot of times I see – I've heard the Eli one, but a lot, as far as the game is concerned, I see – I still always see a lot of Jimmy G in Daniel Jones. I see a yeah. lot like, – he's like not going to jump off the page in any aspect, but he does everything like okay. And like mm-hmm. sometimes he'll make a really bad throw. I think what's been good for Daniel Jones is he hasn't really made too many egregious throws. He has four interceptions this year. That's really good.
1: Not just the interceptions. The fumbles were the thing that were plaguing him at the beginning of his career. He really cleaned that up Yeah, and I think, too. like,
0: if you're if you're on part of, like, Daniel Jones, like, I guess, uh, team or, like, you know, his agent or whatever, you kind of have to argue, like, hey, like, you told me to get better at my turnovers. I did. We, did we have a better season? Mm. We did. Did I, ha- did I do exactly what you told me? Most of the time, yeah, I did. So, like, if I'm Daniel Jones, that's my argument point for, I guess, the Giants kind of uh, their debate on whether or not to sign him, right? I, I, he kind of has a. I think he has a decent case to kind of say, "I did what you told me to do."
1: I have, I think he has a very good case because if you're Daniel Jones, you're coming to the table and saying, "Look, we improved. We're a playoff team now with a lackluster group around yeah, that him." That too, very to good add. point. And what's the alternative to signing Daniel Jones? Taking a rookie or going out and pay, overpaying for a. Uh, Aging veteran like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah,
0: ex- well, exactly. That's your options are very slim. Or I mean, I guess Giant fans could go to bed tonight and dream about Lamar Jackson wanting out and being in Giant uniform next year. But yeah. I think that's looking less and less likely. Um, as for the Commanders, uh, I mean they're they're in very similar place to the Giants, both record wise and I guess just like uh, team progress wise. Um, no Chase Young again. Uh, it was interesting to see if they if he plays at all this year. Uh, I mean, it's getting down a little late. I think they'll need him, but like at this point, are you risking your future to kind of have a chance at the playoffs?
1: Yeah, and that's really uh, what it comes down to. I think. Do they really see this season as something they can like make a run? Do they make? Can they make a run in the playoffs? And I lean towards no. Me too. I just don't think – they're just yeah, not there and,
0: But they do have nice pieces. Like, their leading receiver, Jahan Dotson, he's a great player. You know, he's one of those guys you get the ball in yeah. his hands, he's going to make a play. Four receptions for 105. We all know who Terry McLaurin is. Six for 70. He's a stud. Um,
1: I think one of the most underrated players I, in the I league. I would agree Terry with McLaurin. you, actually.
0: And then also very underrated. Uh, I mean, we all know the story. Brian Robinson gets shot – get shot, Was it, five times in his leg, comes back. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a dynasty owner of Brian Robinson – and I've kind of held on, obviously held on to him since the draft. And he looks like he's going to, I'm targeting him in our fantasy draft next year, our redraft league. <laughs> I think,
1: I think that was the best you've oh, looked yeah. this past, this
0: and, past and week, like, Also, too, season. like we said, like how, you know, Daniel Jones looks okay with bad weapons. I think Brian Robinson looked good against a good defense. So, yes. um, and then I guess sticking to the defensive thing, I texted in our chat, Kayvon Thibodeau is here. He's here.
1: Yeah. It's... Like, I can't... I think a defensive end like that, like, having someone who could wreck a game, and you saw, like, during the week, he was confident. He said, "Prime." they asked him about playing on Primetime. He said, Primetime love loves me. And and he came out, and he showed it. Like, I know... I'm a Jets fan, obviously. So I love Sauce, but part of me, which, like, misses have... just wants to have that game-wrecking...
0: Uh, do, you, do you see his stat line? Twelve it tackles, one sack, three tackles for a loss, one QB hit, and a touchdown. You could have started him in yeah. fantasy and had a great day.
1: And that's really the thing. Like you can't avoid a dominant edge, but you can avoid a dominant yes. cornerback. Just comparing going like the sauce k on thing. Like sixty sticks. Snaps. I think Sauce had the other day against the Lions. Zero targets. They avoided him. You can. It was clear. And Thibodeau, ju- you can't avoid that. He just. And it's the just game. the nature.
0: It's just the nature of the like. Just the game itself. You know, those guys inside are going to get to the quarterback much quicker than the guys outside. It's like not. It's like the most mm-hmm. obvious statement in the world. But uh, when you have a guy like Thibodeau, who you just look at this guy right, and you're just like, this guy's like not. He, how, are, how are you and I the same human being as this guy? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, he, he's unbelievable. Um, even Jet legend Leonard Williams had a good game. He had a fumble recovery. Yeah. Uh, he's had a great season for them, I think. Um, would have would have been nice to have him back on the Jets, but, uh, you know, neither here nor there. Not, not salty about it, but uh, I actually met him. No. At a, were you with me at that green and white game when I met him?
1: I was probably in attendance. Well, so you were definitely in good.
0: attendance, but um, yeah. I don't know. The Giants don't want to look ahead we'll do that later in the week but um Giants play this weekend against the Vikings in Minnesota another tough game for the Giants like they yes it's good that they got that win over the Commanders and maybe Jalen Hurts being out this weekend does help them in that sense where it's like kind of takes the weight off their shoulders a little bit going into this game but i mean this is this they can win this game why not the, yeah
1: that's really the mentality they have to go into with every game now.
0: And also too like if we, again we we just went back and forth about conflicting reports about Jalen Hurts but uh, the last week of the season the Giants played the Eagles. So there's I'm and I've been saying this literally since week 2 that there's a chance that the Eagles are good enough that they might be resting all their guys and that in that game too. Uh-huh. Hurts healthy or injured, regardless of what his status is, they still might they still might rest him. So you can end the season with the Giants with against the Colts with no Jonathan Taylor, who's out for the season, and then potentially the Eagles, who have already clinched everything, have nothing to play for. So the Giants are in a, in a great spot. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add about this game?
1: Just going with that last game of the year, that that Eagles point you made, that could really big, uh, be a big... Uh, uh, Spoiler? Turnaround. No, the turnaround from a couple years ago when the Giants were fighting for their spot, and then... Jalen Hurts was benched for uh, Nate Sudfeld, oh, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. The Nate Sudfeld yes. vehicle.
0: It could be. I mean, like look, would it would I also be stunned if the Eagles just said, F it, we're gonna run our guys out, and we're not gonna let you guys make, skate into the playoffs? He's, or mm-hmm. how about this? Is there a, is there a world where somehow the Eagles don't get the bye and then are they did they didn't they clinch the bye yet? No way, right?
1: They have not clinched the So is there a world yet,
0: no. where they almost don't clinch the bye and, like, want to play the Giants and strategically maneuver that game. Like, want to play them again?
1: Just for the fact of saying we're big brother? Yeah, and or maybe they
0: – I mean, like, to be honest, I think we kind of both just said if the Commanders or the Giants get in, you could probably make the argument that they're going to be the worst teams in, in the playoffs, in the NFC at least. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the – if you're a Giant fan, I think – you love this win. This is a huge win. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau showed out. Barkley had his best game in a few weeks. I know that was a f- big thing among Giant fans saying. Even me, I was kind of skeptical, like, hey, like, if I'm Barkley and I'm on a contract year, uh, you know, why why am I going to risk, mm-hmm. you know, a kind of a somewhat lost season or a nothing season and, you know, risking my future earnings, I guess. Um,
1: yeah, I think Barkley's that guy, though. Like, he's he's like a franchise guy. He's not going to. I don't think he has yeah, well, that thought. Well,
0: I, I agree, and I think this game showed you that. But there was always just there's always just a shadow of the doubt that maybe this could be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anything else you wanted to add about this game? I know we we definitely want to get to the Jets. So anything else?
1: Oh, I, I'm locked loaded for well, the Jets. Right now, I think 15
0: minutes on Giants is going to suffice. Over to the Jets because this is uh, as both of us as Jet fans. Um, me more of a Zach Wilson guy than you are. This game was, um, I, I said my in our prediction of this game, I said we could have our, a little bit of a conundrum on our hands. I think health has put that at ease. Mike White has been ruled out for this Thursday's game uh, against the Jaguars, so it is Zach Wilson's show to run. Before I get ahead of myself, though, let's stick to this game. Jets lose 20-17 to on what I thought was um, just probably the worst defensive player of the year. Two of the worst yeah. defensive plays in the year. Uh, one, one include the punt return in the first in the first uh, quarter.
1: The punt return I have hard. I have. I don't know how Brandon Mann is still employed currently by the New York Jets. I don't know how they didn't make that move yet. But the the one that really killed me is C.J. Mosley on that final on that no, yeah final defensive play. That's two weeks in a row now where he plays a pretty decent game throughout the game, but then there's one critical juncture and he just has a. A mental lapse. It's man coverage across the board. You could clearly see the receivers. They're, the corners are running with the receivers. And then Mosley just lets it. He flows with the play, and tight end leaks free, and there's no one in within like 30 yeah, yards. it was
0: – and it's it's kind of interesting because I, I've even said to you directly face-to-face here that I think – I like C.J. Mosley. I like the way he plays, but you're right. I mean, sometimes you just kind of – I don't know if it's, like, falls, like, behind plays or, like, maybe his recognition just isn't there. But, like, sometimes he just ends up in bad places, I think. I just
1: think I just think he's a liability yeah. in space. Like, he's more of, like, a throwback linebacker. I think the Jets were, are kind of, like, pigeonholed into playing him because of the contract. There's not really anything you can do to get around that. But... I don't think he fits the way Robert Sala wants to have his. Well, so now in.
0: what? What? Just I'm not familiar. What is his contract? What is to the likes of? Is it like how many years?
1: I believe it was. It was either three or four years at twenty million per. I think this is the last year that, of okay. the contract. So either he comes next back next year on a, a major discount, or they find someone else.
0: Yeah, I. I mean they. He he could he could definitely be a guy if if what you say is true. I'm I'm obviously not doubting you, but if what you say is true that he's not a solid guy and or maybe Salah doesn't you know necessarily use him the right way, then maybe maybe he does walk and maybe you know maybe you draft someone that can fill his place. But where I want to go with this game, uh, while well, I see Bobby has a little bit of technical difficulty going on right now, um, oh. I, my problem comes in the rushing game because for this team to you know going into the psych of this team where. Your, your, your guys are rallying around Mike White for many weeks. Uh, he plays decent, keeps you in games. And then now he gets forced out with injury and you're forced to go to Zach Wilson again. How do you have only 50 yards rushing? It doesn't make sense to me. 22 attempts, 50 yards. I mean, Tyler Conklin with a rush for two yards. Uh, Elijah Moore, one rush for three yards. Zach Wilson, three rushes, seven. Michael Carter, four for 15. Zonovan Knight, who's all of a sudden the, the lead back, 13 for 23. I mean, I get the Lions have, you know, a decent D-line, but, like, Bobby, this this rushing game is nowhere to be found.
1: Yeah, the rushing game, that that was probably the most
0: frustrating part of that game, just watching. Um, and I don't think they're creative but, enough. Let yeah. me just put it that, like, I think, like, with, it's so weird. With LaFleur, when Zach Wilson's in there, it's like they're l- they're less creative. They're
1: scared is the yeah. what I like to say. He coaches Zach Wilson scared, and I've been saying that. I've been saying it since the second Patriot game because you could clearly see in that game they were scared to let him do anything with the ball. But if you want to go back further, you could say in the Packer game it was coached scared, but they had Brees Hall to make up for it. You can say the Denver game – they didn't let him do anything once they got that lead, but they had Brees Hall in the rushing game, worked well that game. So, like, it's very hard. To me, it's very hard to blame everything on the floor, although he has had his moments where he's done some head-scratching stuff and then you say where the lack of creativity, which I agree with. But I think Zach Wilson as a whole limits his play calling and limits what this team could do on the offensive and, side. And from
0: just, like, a, I guess to, to what you, we both said about the creativity – just as just taking a step back and looking at just like an overall football perspective, you know, you watch the chiefs, right. And like, you know, we can say whatever they want about like them. They can't, you know, beat down on bad teams, whatever. But very something that's very undersung about the quarterback position is ball handling and whether that's on a run or a read option or a play action. And I think that like watching Zach Wilson in his play action, especially those deep bootlegs, I think he handles the ball very well behind the line of scrimmage both You know, on the fakes, I think he's very good at selling the fake. I think he's very good at faking, you know, even a pitch or two or pump faking. So to me, it's almost like, just like what you said, they're scared to kind of open up the playbook for him because, like, they don't want. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I I my first thought was, you know, watching the jet game was, look, man, do not whatever you do, just don't turn the ball over in the first quarter because you're gonna get booed. You're gonna get really, really badly booed. Yeah, and like, I think that they kind of had that in the back of their mind to think like. Sam, we can't let this kid get booed this early. So, you know, and it's funny because I feel like in the first half, they got very, they were very uh, simple offense. And then they started to get a little bit more creative in the second half when they realized that, you know, if we don't get, if we don't do something soon, we could really end up in a bad spot in this game.
1: Yeah. And to your point, I think that at the, towards the end of that first half, you saw them kind of get creative, like get him off, uh, get him off the platform, get him moving, get him throwing outside the pocket. And then once we came out into the start of the second half, he threw that. Yeah, bad. Duck. that was that, that was one of the worst duck. passes
0: I've seen all season.
1: And then after that, they just completely clammed up and didn't do anything to help him or to do anything create, creatively.
0: And even even that pass though too, that was I believe it was like a post wheel concept, and he threw the he throws yeah. the wheel late. Which if if you know anything about quarterbacking, you're reading it's kind of like one of the more simple reads as a quarterback. It's you're you're Mm -hmm. playing the corner you have two guys running at the same corner one goes inside one goes straight and you have to read what the corner does and he just kind of well actually i believe it was the safety that came over and intercepted it correct so then what all that tells me is he's staring down this wheel from the time he broke yeah yeah, his his eyes so maybe it's the eyes that that need to be fixed i mean i just complimented his ball handling but quite honestly like you know obviously it's it's very loosey-goosey to say you know take out the pick you know 18 of 35 is not the best percentage, but, you know, 317 yards. If they had a little bit of a rushing game, they win this game. I, and I don't think it's like you can put it all on Zach Wilson.
1: Uh, I agree with you to a point. Just because that 18 of 35 could have very easily been like 23 of 35 and then 100 extra yards because there were so many just easy throws over the middle where Garrett Wilson was wide mm-hmm. open, where – if you hit him, you keep the chains moving. You keep drives alive, and I I struggle. I don't want to be the Mike White guy, but as much as I try not to be, if they have Mike White, I think they win that game going away. Yeah. And that's not me putting Mike White on a pedestal. That's just me saying if they had a competent quarterback, I think they win that game going away. That's that's all. That's all I take from Zach Wilson's
0: performance. So now, is that in the sense of like? Mike White doesn't throw that pick, or or Mike White makes the no. Easier, he just does the a simple play.
1: things. He does the simple and it's, things. It's funny yeah.
0: I know you and I agreed on this, um, but it's like if you mix these two guys and like their you know their strengths and made him into one quarterback. Yes, they'd be a really really good quarterback, a, like really scary good. Yeah, be a
1: top ten quarterback yeah, in the so, NFL. Uh,
0: but unfortunately, you can't do that. Um, before we move on from this game, let's talk a little, little bit about the Lions. They're, uh, is there another word other than hot to describe them? I mean. Wins over the Vikings, Jaguars. They lose to the Bills. Short beat the Giants, Bears, Packers. I mean, they're they're rolling. What is it? Six of their last seven, I believe they won, or five of their last yep. six, something like that. Um, they're a good team. Dan Campbell's going to think is going to be a good coach. Um, I'd be curious to see what they do at the quarterback position this off season if they stick with Goff, uh, who's he's played a good game. I mean, against a good Jet defense, probably
1: playing one of the better years. Yeah, of his he, career. and he
0: really is, but. For for Goff, I feel like even in, when he was in L.A. or with the Rams, I guess he he was very system oriented, and I think that he felt he found another system that like really works for him. I, I don't think he's like a mm-hmm. you know he maybe. Well, let me ask you this. Let me just tie it together. If if I if I said, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take Mike White's jersey and we're gonna put Jared Goff in it for the rest of the year, and that's gonna be the quarterback of the Jets, how happy are you on a scale of one to ten?
1: I'm over wow. the mood. I am at an eleven. Okay. I,
0: now I thought you would say that, but I didn't think you'd be at eleven. I figured like six or seven. But um, yeah. Listen, I, the
1: my main point about the whole Zach Wilson thing is, if the Jets had a bad quarterback, they have three extra wins. Not a good quarterback. They need a bet. Statistically, Zach Wilson was on par with like Jamarcus Russell. We went over the. We went over yep. it that one time. So they just need they just need something other than the worst quarterback to ever play football. <laughs> And they have two wins against the Patriots, and they win the game against the Lions. And you, and you could be
0: looking at like a you know a ten, eleven win season instead of eight or nine.
1: You could be looking at wrapping up a playoff yeah, spot, and, and
0: you know thinking about who do we want to bench, opposed to who our starting quarterback is yeah. going to be. Hey, I get it. I, you don't have exactly. to, you don't have to talk talk to me about it. Um, but like I said, short week for the Jets. Um, that means short week for us. And let's get right into it. Jets are hosting another steaming hot team in the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, look, I'm going to eat crow on this one. He is, I don't know if he listens to the podcast and heard me talk talk bad about him this entire year, but, I mean, point totals in the last, you know, couple games for the Jaguars. 40 against the Cowboys, 36 on the road against the Titans. They scored 14 against the Lions, which is an anomaly, but 28 against the Ravens. Uh, they had played a good game against the Chiefs. These guys can score, um, and the Jets have a good defense. This seems like going to be a battle of, you know, two immovable objects.
1: Yeah, I'm sure Trevor Lawrence, his bulletin board material all year was yeah. Apanis, the Apanis yeah. podcast. But I do like this Jaguars team. I think you look at the Jets and the Jaguars, they're heading in two completely separate directions. And almost a couple weeks ago, I think – when Zach Wilson first got benched, I looked at this game, and I was like, hey, a lot of the luster is kind of gone from it now. You had the number one and number two overall draft picks from their class, and now we weren't going to see Zach Wilson. But lo and behold, here we are. We have Zach and Trevor on Thursday night. And I think this. we said last week was do or die for Zach, but I also said last week that that was the one game they could afford to lose, and now everything is on the line here. you got to go 3-0. To be able to get that playoff spot to have a hope at it.
0: And it's it's put up or shut-up season for the Jets, really. Um and I think yep. I think what's interesting is uh I'm not sure if you heard Robert Salas' comments yesterday about the quarterback situation, but he he was asked, like, you know, is is the reason Zach Wilson starting a health reason for Mike White, or is it he's the starting quarterback? Because there's a little bit you can't just they were whoever I think it was it was probably the K show or some interview he was on or maybe it was his press and he, he didn't speak to the media. But like you can't just get away Salah with just saying yeah Wilson's our guy. It's like okay why is Wilson your guy? Is Wilson your guy because uh-huh. Mike White's not healthy or is Wilson your guy because of performance? And I think
1: I think everyone yeah. knows the answer, but you yeah I mean it's
0: for for this game I think like. Let let me ask you this, and I, I kind of I kind of ended the last game asking you this. But if Zach Wilson plays the same game he did last week and doesn't throw that pick against the Jaguars, can the Jets win?
1: I think they can win, but the pick is the to me the the interception is the least of my worries from that game. It's really just those easy passes over the middle, it's those easy dump offs we saw one get skipped to Braxton Barrios. He's just scared to make those plays. He's scared to. Make a mistake, and I think what you said with the booing, the crowd booing. I'm there every week. That crowd was foaming at the mouth the f- instant like he made his yeah, first. You, you mistake. can almost you they can probably wanted, almost feel it. Yeah, yeah, and I did. I I hate that because it's just it's not going to help anything. It's, it's just going to make everything yeah, worse. And
0: just looking at this game, I mean. The one thing that the Jets do do well, that Trevor Lawrence, I guess, has been doing better, but Trevor Lawrence is still like, kind of in the middle of the pack as far as uh, completion percentage under pressure, and the Jets definitely do get pressure on the quarterback very consistently. Look, the Jets...
1: That is if Quinn Williams yeah, that is was, that was that was
0: kind of what I was going to lead to. That was and a it, big miss. Is, is, do you know? have any update on his status going into this game?
1: I saw yesterday that he's trending towards playing, like they're very confident okay. he's gonna play. So this is, we're
0: recording this on Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon now. Um but yeah, that's gonna be a big one. Uh how about Corey Davis? Anything on the Corey Davis front? Because I kinda said too that he was a big, big miss this weekend.
1: I did not see anything on Corey Davis and now Denzel Mims went down too. So we had Jeff Smith and Braxton Barrett. Jeff Smith looked good though. More snaps and wide yeah, he did look good at the end of that first half. He actually got held yeah. in the end zone. Otherwise, he would have had a touchdown. So,
0: so now he filled it. This admirably. game, the Jets are miraculously favored by one. Uh, which, yeah, they're really? as of right now, as I see it, they're favored by one. Um, but that doesn't mean that they are the favorite because you get three points for being home. Therefore, yes. I guess this is saying that the Jaguars are two points better than the Jets. I always like to ask and f- ask this question in fr- in you know com- bring up the lines. But what do you think about that? Do you think that the Jaguars are truly 2 points better than the Jets on a neutral surface?
1: Uh I honestly I probably this iteration of the Jets I lean towards yes. They have struggled running the ball the past few weeks now. The offensive line has really looked to be in shambles and Zach Wilson is always a wild yeah, card. Yeah,
0: and so I think to be honest like everyone's going to be focused on the quarterback. We we just you know, we spoke about the quarterback pretty, pretty deep to a deep extent. But I think really what the, the focus is going to be really like the other aspects of the game. Cause like you said, everything's been wrapped up in this quarterback controversy, but it's been very, uh, I guess, understated that they haven't been running the ball. Well, I mean, Bam Knight's been good, but you know, they, they, there hasn't been those, uh, you know, sh- give me a game when, you know, Bam Knight can have two rushing touchdowns, you know, get to the one yard line and rush it in, you know, twice,
1: how about James Robinson? Another D- healthy yeah, scratch. This D- week? Was
0: it a coach's DMP? I mean, he's just—he's yep. either got to be done, or I think you—you you went to uh, a couple couple weeks ago. You went a little deep in on how uh, you know how they felt about that, and you know, or your thoughts on mm-hmm. that. Where do you sit at that now? Is it it's just done, right?
1: I think he's just done as far as his Jets career. He's—I think that knee was worse than what they thought when they were acquiring him. Like he was healthy enough to play, but I don't think he'll ever get back to being that player he was for and, Jacksonville. Hey,
0: how about this though? Let me let me fill you in on this. They they make James Robinson a, an active player this week. Or let me uh, let me let me back up. If James Robinson is an active player this week, Jags legend, a Jags legend, he is a lock to score a touchdown this week. A lock.
1: That would that would uh, be and, poetic. And, hey,
0: how many times do we see it? The the redemption games from you know the fourth string tight ends that. The, the Texans are trying to get the ball to, you know, it just always happens. Um, but I, look, confidence level of this game for me, um, ESPN, I guess, analytics thing I'm looking at right now gives the Jets a 47% chance to win this game. I am I think I'm a little more confident and I'll tell you why. Me, I think that Trevor Lawrence is hot, yes, but um, going to New York on a short week is never bodes well for young teams and I think that young teams are uh the Jaguars are definitely a young team, but for the Jets to stay home and play another home game back to back makes it a little bit easier for them. I think, you know, you're gonna have some tired legs on the offense side of the, the Jaguars that just played a an absolute shootout against the Cowboys. Um I, I like the Jets here. I really do. I'm I'm gonna lay the one point. I'll even go up and play one and a half if that's the case, but um, I like the Jets on the money line. I think they can get this done. I think Zach Wilson, look, this is a time where uh, I didn't think he played terrible this week. I thought he he definitely missed some throws, but he th- at the end of the day, they lost by three to one of the hottest teams in football. So if you correct some of those and make a few more, you know, niche, like small little plays here and there, I think you can get it done against the Jaguars team.
1: And I tend to agree with you. I think the biggest thing, I, we alluded to it a couple minutes ago, is Quinton Williams playing. That defense looks night and day. I, if anything if th- anything, this past week accomplished, it's that Quinn Williams will get paid this yes. offseason by the Jets. Because you can tell, r- just rushing forward, the Jets were able to get more than their fair share of pressure this entire season with Quinn Williams in the lineup. And then the second he's out, you're it's you can't even snip and the then uh,
0: and then another thing, so, kind of going along the same lines is that uh, who would I guess be trying to fend off Quinn and Williams, Cam Robinson out for the year yep. for the Jaguars. Don't don't understate that. That's a he's probably a Pro Bowl nope. lineman. Uh, has been has been playing amazing for them. Just look at the, the point totals I just read out before. Um, and I guess you know the the lack of pressure. He's there to he was their left tackle, right? He's there to to defend his blind side so
1: yeah that that was a big uh, signing by them yeah so he's gonna be
0: out for this but... game probably gonna have to fill in someone there i can see the jets really getting heavy into their their blitz packages this week to kind of counteract that um they're gonna be blitzing off that side and whoever is gonna fill in for him will be tested against arguably one of you know top three defense in the league so i like the jets you were both on the jets there um I'll take anything the else you are, wanted to yeah. add about this game? Anything else you're looking for? Bold predictions, score predictions? Give me something.
1: Uh, I don't know if I got anything. Eh, I'll go on a limb. If I say if the Jets are able to right the ship this week and they take down the Jags, they have a long week and a half to prepare for Seattle in Seattle, I think if the Jets win this week, they win out and they make the playoffs.
0: I like that. I like that optimism. Um, definitely a lot of optimism if the Jets can win this game. The Knicks, on the other hand, have won – many games in a row and tonight obviously this podcast I'll try and get it out by by before the game tonight but Knicks go against the Warriors without Steph Curry tonight gonna get into that in a few Bobby I thank you for stopping by and uh, talking Jets with me when in McFeely's replacement and please uh, if you hear anything about McFeely's whereabouts I'll send you a tip line on it
1: I was actually just about to go set off my smoke signal hopefully we can get McFeely home thank you Bobby thank you Sam
0: to the Knicks just wanted to throw in a little piece here about the Knicks because look they're on a seven game winning streak uh, recording this on Tuesday afternoon the Knicks are hosting the Warriors tonight without Steph Curry national TV game definitely gonna be excited to watch that but uh, Knicks are favored by five and a half in a game that I think they should win to extend their winning streak to eight games biggest thing over this eight game win, or, don't let me not get ahead of myself biggest thing in this seven game winning streak has been just Honestly, this is the picture that the Knicks had in the preseason. Quentin Grimes is healthy and getting better every day. They're able to Mitchell Robinson is playing at an absolutely unbelievable level. Interior defense, even on offense he's been good. His fouls have been down, which is always a problem for Mitchell Robinson. He's healthy, knock on wood. Um so it's just coming together for the Knicks. Uh you know, Julius Randle, can't say enough about him. He's been he's been the the most on the stat sheet for the Knicks. But I think everyone's really contributing. I mean, they've knocked out the guys in the rotation that pretty much if you can't play defense, you're not going to play on the Knicks. Which, look, Tom Thibodeau is the coach. That should be a surprise to no one. So, uh, you know, they, they got guys like Rose isn't playing. Fournier's out of the rotation. He's I would be stunned if he's on the Knicks at the end of the year. Um, but now, I mean, Miles McBride or Deuce McBride in. Uh, Quinn Grimes playing unbelievable. The, not unbelievable, playing very well, but, you know, all these guys, any night can give you 20-plus. Emmanuel Quickly, even, playing has been playing pretty well. Not shooting the best, but, um, look, at, the Knicks are in a good spot right now. Uh, they should, their schedule coming up gets a little bit more difficult, and ironically enough, which I'm going to, I guess, naturally transition, tomorrow night, or tom- uh, Wednesday, they play the Raptors at home. Report just came out from Ian Begley this morning that recently... He didn't really specify any sort of dates, but recently, the Knicks had reached out to the Raptors regarding an OG Ananobi trade, which is interesting because OG Ananobi, uh, really really solid player, definitely a, a starting caliber player, like a three, I guess a two to a four even he could probably guard, but great defender, averaging about I think like 19 points, um, 19 points per game, 47% shooting and uh, almost 34% from three, 2.4 steals a night. So, lockdown defender with one through four, that sounds like a Tibbs guy. So, again, if you're noticing a pattern here, the Knicks are moving towards defense, and it's been successful. And I think, like, maybe there was, when they got Cam Reddish, maybe that was more of a bolstering of their offense, Uh, and then Thibodeau didn't like that, and maybe that was just an early, I guess, uh, increment of... Just seeing what Tibbs is about. And uh, if if you're not going to play defense, you're not going to play. Reddish wasn't playing defense, and he's most likely going to be shipped off. I don't know why he's not in the Lakers yet. I think it's just a matter of time before the Lakers, you know, make some sort of deal and acquire Cam Reddish because they apparently are in love with him. Um, but it's interesting. Let's let's see what the Knicks do. I think there's definitely some moves to be made. Um, can never get enough shooters. So I think that the Knicks can definitely use a shooter. Or even if you can get a guy that, again, like O.G. Anubi would be, would be great, but uh, that the offer for that would be pretty pretty high. So, look, let's just see what the Knicks do. I think the game tonight uh, is an interesting matchup because usually when the Warriors come to town, it's never a good thing for the Knicks. But the Steph Curry again out. Um, but look, this is this is a big game. Their their schedule has been a little soft of late. Uh, pacers are okay. They beat the Bulls twice. The Bulls are in free fall, it looks like. Good win against the Kings. Hornets are an okay team. They destroyed the Hawks in a very impressive manner, but the Hawks are having some issues. So, look, good things are ahead for the Knicks, but uh, let's just try to remain consistent. Um, I know Thibs, like, his seat was getting a little hot there for a second, but, hey, maybe they maybe they decided, like, to let Thibs run the show even more so, and that's why they're sticking with defense. So, um. Just wanted to add that little bit about the Knicks. Definitely couldn't ignore them. We'll be back later this week, probably around Friday, given the Jets are on Thursday, to we'll recap the Jets, go around the league, talk about the Giants preview, um, and then, as always, anything else we feel the need to cover. So, uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, interact with all our social media accounts, and, as always, peace out.